Everyone, remain calm. Yeah, ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. And later there's running and screaming. Somebody talk to me, what is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. You're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. You want to consult here or in my bungalow? <laughs> Hold on to your butt. Well, we're back. Hello and welcome to the 75th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we're here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. In this episode, we've got a cool piece of news to go over and my full review of Jurassic World, the exhibition that debuted in Philadelphia over this past weekend. You can read my full review on our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com, and you can also check out the full video I put together of the exhibition. I got up close and personal with the dinosaurs just for you guys, so don't miss it. Stay tuned to the end of this episode for some quick details on a meetup that will be taking place at the exhibition in the new year. It's a shorter episode this week, so let's get things started off with a bit of Jurassic news from around the world. 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. Access rate program. Access security. These pictures were taken in hospital in Costa Rica 48 hours ago. I don't want to jump to any conclusions, but look. Boy, my head being right all the time. But today, I guarantee it. In a bit of awesome news this week, it looks like this Tuesday, the 29th of November at noon Pacific Standard Time, we'll see the release of a limited edition John Williams Jurassic Park collection from La La Land Records. For $59.98 and limited to 5,000 pieces, you'll get a four CD set of remastered tracks from Jurassic Park and The Lost World, featuring previously unreleased tracks and film versions of the score. It also features a 56-page booklet with images and liner notes. I'm most looking forward to the new stuff from The Lost World, as the original score for the film is only 14 tracks and missing more than half of the stuff in the film. It'll be great to actually hear these tracks isolated for the first time. This is certainly an exclusive you cannot miss. I'd suggest heading to the link in our show notes to purchase this as soon as it's available on Tuesday. At 5,000 copies, this thing is bound to go quickly. Oh, there it is. There it is. The closest you will ever come to living dinosaurs. Jurassic World, the exhibition. Now open at the Franklin Institute. Based on one of the biggest blockbusters in cinema history, don't miss this awe-inspiring event for the whole family. Only at the Franklin Institute. For tickets, visit fi.edu. And remember, if something chases you, run. Where's Aunt Claire? Seven o'clock tomorrow night on the East Dock. Make sure he gets it right. But it's alive! And everyone on the planet's going to line up to appreciate it and everything done. People would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I could see the fleas. Mommy, can't you see the fleas? Are, are these characters uh, auto-erotic? This past weekend, I had the chance to visit the Franklin Institute for the North American premiere of Jurassic World, the exhibition. 
So the day after Thanksgiving here in the States, I headed out to Philadelphia, Pennsylvania to check out this exhibition and uh, it was exactly as amazing as you'd expect it to be. I think they did a great job at bringing Jurassic World to life with the towering animatronic dinosaurs and the intricate atmospheres with the, you know, all the flowering and everything around the trees and plants and uh, the uh, the cages and everything that these dinosaurs were in, it really felt like Jurassic World. But to back it up a bit, from the moment I got to the Franklin Institute, I actually have never been there before. I've been throughout Philadelphia constantly. I used to go there all the time. Uh, but this was my first time at the Institute. And um, it's an awesome place. And from the moment that you get to that building, it's towering and it's huge. And there's these giant columns. And in between these columns, are banners that are floating in the wind and on these banners there's raptors and uh, the, the Jurassic World logo the exhibition it's dark it's ominous and it's inviting at the same time and you know that beyond those banners there's gonna be something truly awesome I was right totally so as you enter the building you you bypass Benjamin Franklin there uh, on his giant pedestal head up the ramp and off to the left and you scan your ticket for the exhibition and that's basically where the experience starts and you start to see some theme park banners for Jurassic World and they've got different uh, dinosaurs and, and different things on them and you make your way around to what is the beginning of the exhibition which is the ferry ride to the island. Now, in this room, you get a glimpse uh, from inside a ferry. So you look out these portals on the wall and you see the water outside. And then you look ahead of you and you see the front of the boat on this, this video screen in front of you with all kinds of compasses and different gauges and stuff. And uh, after being in there for a few minutes or so, a video starts to play to kind of, I guess, hype you up for what's to come at Jurassic World, as if you're actually traveling to this island. Below our feet, it tells the tale of an ancient area when dinosaurs ruled the world. Many have dreamed of visiting that world, witnessing the majesty and the power of the largest, most dominant creatures to have ever lived. That dream is now a reality here at Jurassic World. So it's kind of cool. The, the video gives you a glimpse of of the island itself. So it kind of has some clips from the movie, not anything with any of the characters or anything like that, but it also has some stock footage of dinosaur stuff and it really hypes you up. There's a voiceover underneath and um, it leads you to uh, the debut of Alice in Jurassic World's lead ranger. And this is a, a person who kind of comes on the screen every now and then throughout the exhibition and uh, gives you a little bit more detail on the certain experiences that you're about to see. And it's a nice touch. I like it. She's dressed in like a Jurassic World Ranger outfit and she's giving you good information. So it, it's fun to watch and definitely a good part of the experience. Hello, everyone. I'm Allison, Jurassic World's lead ranger. And I have the privilege of overseeing all of our park's dinosaurs. From the babies to the geese, I know them all. It's my pleasure to be in charge of your VIP tour of the island today. So really, after kind of getting you familiar with Jurassic World, she gives the all-familiar welcome to Jurassic World, and the doors open, and you, you enter into this kind of jungly atmosphere, and uh, there's really cool um, 
I guess the room is kind of covered in banners, so it looks like you're you're looking at mountain vistas and, and all kinds of stuff like that. You see the sky and the clouds, uh, but you also get tons of trees and, and plants and everything in front of you in the exhibition. And uh, the first thing you see as you turn that corner is the giant park gates, the Jurassic World park gates. Uh, there's no monorail going through like in the movie, but it's all spectacular in itself and uh, it's really awesome. It's something that I had to stand around, take some video, take a bunch of pictures. I got a picture in front of it too, but it was kind of hard to get pictures in this building um, because of the, the lighting and the atmosphere that they set. It kind of makes it a little difficult to get great pictures, but um, all, you know, it still all came out really well and I'm really excited to see these park gates in person and you know, go straight through them and you get your first glimpse at the Brachiosaurus. Now the Brachiosaurus is, I think, the perfect dinosaur to start off the exhibition with because it's the first one you see in Jurassic Park and it really gives you that sense of awe and wonder that you, you felt back in the first film. And uh, I think it really, it's on par, you know, you kind of, you wander into this exhibition and you see this thing just coming up out of the ground and towering over you. And you can hear the thundering like voice that it, it uh, you know, exhales every now and then. And you get that amazing score from John Williams and Michael Giacchino underneath. And uh, it's really awesome. It's epic. And I found myself like quoting the movie <laughs> over and over, kind of like with the music as it was going along. And uh, it's really, really awesome to see that Brachiosaurus standing there in front of you. You don't get the full body, but you just get, you get the neck kind of coming out of the ground. And it's kind of, um, I think there was some trees or something in there. So it kind of looked like it was coming out of there. But really that, that part of the exhibition, which is the very beginning, I had a hard time leaving it because it was just so awesome. But, you know, of course, there's so much ahead of me. So I had to keep going. And uh, really right off to the, the right uh, of that Brachiosaurus was the... Uh, was a Parasaurolophus, so I got to stand there for a few minutes and look at that one. That one was cool. It was kind of hidden back in, in some trees and stuff and brush and uh, kind of just turned its head a lot and made some noises. That one was really cool. Um, but the, the tough thing about this exhibition is it's it's timed because you go in as a group and then you, you wait for those doors to open and then the doors open and your group goes in. So you know behind you there's going to be another group in a few minutes. So... While I did wait to the end of my group, so I had the, the room to myself so I could take pictures and video and just kind of stare at everything by myself, I knew that behind me I'd have to keep going because people are going to come out pretty soon. So after that one, uh, I kept going through and uh, one of the things I've seen from different shots and stuff from when it was out in Australia was the Pachyrhinosaurus. And um, if you don't know, this is kind of like a, a triceri uh, Triceratops type uh, dinosaur. And, um, you know, I expected it to be big and massive and everything, but when I walked through that, that next partition and saw that thing standing in front of me, I was, I was really blown away. That thing was way bigger than I expected. It was huge. It was massive. It was the full body. So previously you got the, the, the previous two dinosaurs. You didn't really get their full bodies, but coming upon this one, you get the full creature from head to tail. And, uh, you also get the little baby next to it. And uh, it's it's awesome. You get the, I think this is the first time you actually get some some uh, like electrified looking fence and everything around the creature. You get a giant gentle giant sign in front of it. 
And uh, also in that section is the dino dung, which you, there's a few spots where you can stick your arm in, and uh, yeah, it definitely feels like it. It's kind of nasty, but um, you have to do it. Don't leave that section without doing it. It's pretty fun. But yeah, like I was saying, the uh, the Pachyrhinosaurus was huge. It was awesome. It didn't move a ton. It kind of like moved its head around a lot and its tail or whatever. But um, still, it was so impressive. The full body um, and getting a look at the creature up close like that, you could see all the detail that went into sculpting the skin and and uh, even giving it um, scars and whatnot. It was really, really awesome. So much detail, so impressive. You know, the thing I get when I go to a lot of these types of exhibits, whether it's at, you know, a different museum or a theme park, is you kind of don't believe what you're seeing in front of you. You know, you, you think, oh, it's just an animatronic. It's fake looking. Um, it's cool to see. But, but when you're in this exhibition, it's almost as if these things are real. They're so well done. Creature Technology did a great job bringing these things to life. Um, the, the animatronics are super fluid. Um, you know, when you go to the um, Jurassic Park ride in Orlando or, or California, I'd assume that one's the same, but, it, you know, they're, the skin it doesn't really fit well and the animatronics are, are shuddery and don't really move that well. But here in this exhibition, everything is so fluid and so great. And that's where that, that disbelief kind of goes away. And, and you almost feel like you're watching these things for real in front of you. That's why I had that feeling where I'm like, I don't want to move on to the next exhibit yet because I just want to stand there and watch these things because they're so awesome. But um, moving on to the next section, I, I forget exactly the order as I'm kind of just doing this on the fly. But um, you also do come across the Hammond Creation Lab. And uh, this is reminiscent of the the room that you get in the the beginning of Jurassic World where Claire is leading the the Verizon executives down and then they talk with Dr. Wu it's kind of just like that so you get um, some baby dinosaurs kind of half sleeping half awake you get a bunch of dinosaur eggs in the container there there's a whole wall full of amber chunks that have um, some have uh, bugs in them some don't and uh, then there's like there's microscopes, there's computers that you can kind of play with and touch, touch screens and stuff. Um, there, I think there's some fake dinosaur. I don't know if you know. I think they're fake. At least there's like dinosaur eggs or something. There's also some touch screens on the other, the far wall, where you can kind of design your own dinosaur, which is cool. A lot of the kids were taking over those areas, so I couldn't really get on it. But when I looked over, there was a ton of colorful dinosaurs. Looked like some really awesome hybrid designs. Um, but yeah, this room is really cool. And this is, you can see the, uh, the, the attention to detail is insane. It's, it's really film accurate, I think. And, uh, there was a few times where you see the InGen logo all around and that was really cool. Um, but it's, it's a very sterile looking environment. It's, it's clean. It's, uh, very white and, you know, kind of, uh, nicely lit. So everything looks like it's an actual laboratory where, this stuff could be created. Even inside that section, there was like a little video monitoring screen where you could kind of see different parts of the park, um, which was really cool. If you stood there for a few minutes, you could see um, some different areas and stuff. And uh, somewhere else, there was like the, uh, a girl popped up on the video screen and she talked for a few minutes and uh, you know, you see the Indominus Rex come up for a second. Um, so yeah, you get all these cool touches throughout that room and all these monitors playing all kinds of different stuff. And uh, it's a really good place to explore for a few minutes and kind of uh, just just have fun and, and, you know, wander around and touch things and, and mess with stuff. So 
I, I highly suggest sticking around that area because as soon as you look, you know, you look down the alley there and there's like this dark alley and there's somebody waiting at the end and above her is the, the time that's running down. So that means that there's something next on the other side of that wall that's timed. So like you can kind of go in with a group like the, like the beginning and the, uh, the ferry. But I suggest sticking in this room for as long as you can just to kind of get a, a fun sense of the room. Because when you go through those next doors, you wait for a few minutes. I think this is where the, the raptor training sequence happens. Now this is a new sequence, something that wasn't out in Australia. And uh, it's, it's kind of cool. There's a, I have a few gripes with it, but not too much. You know, you, you enter this dark room and it actually looks something like what you'd see from the movie. You know, you get the, the full like steel bars and, and the, the concrete and everything. And uh, the shipping container look on the walls and everything. So that was really cool. There's also a few monitors around the uh, the corners of the rooms. And uh, out of nowhere, you get this uh, video that pops up and tells you a lot about raptors. And I think Allison comes back on to give you some more information. Their longevity and wide distribution may be attributed to their body type, which consisted of a lean muscular form, relatively large skull, serrated teeth, and narrow snouts. These traits make them excellent predators, while binocular vision helped them avoid danger. And then out of nowhere, you hear Chris Pratt doing his little raptor training spiel that he's he does basically in the movie. Eyes on me. And uh, actually, I didn't realize, but um, somebody had actually said like, oh, oh, wow, there's Chris Pratt. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I hear his voice, but I don't see anything. But he, uh, this person was talking to their friend. They're like, no, really, there's Chris Pratt. And I, I like ducked down and I, I'm like, oh, there he is. He's kind of like standing up in the top corner. It's a hologram though. So it's, I don't know how they do it, how they project it, but um, it looks very hologram-like up in the top corner in the right corner. But the problem is, like like I'm saying, is you couldn't see it that well. So yeah, it was a cool effect, but I just couldn't see it that well. And I think a lot of people had that same issue. If it was a bit brighter, that would be one thing. It would be a lot cooler. But uh, I think the ability to not see it, maybe they can adjust that in, in future um, experiences so people can see it a little bit more. Um, so what he does is he kind of trains the raptor to come out and, and out comes blue. So you get your first glimpse at blue as it comes around the corner. And I will say this thing actually looks pretty cool. Now it is dark in there. So you, you get some cool vibe from the lighting and everything, but uh, it is dark in the, in the enclosure where the Raptor's coming forward and you get the nice blue streak down blue side and everything. Um, but I will say the, the Raptor experience wasn't my favorite thing. And I think it's due to the costume itself. Now, I know it's very hard to get away with these things because there's gotta be a way for a human to get in this costume, walk it around a room, and try to be somewhat believable. But in this case, it didn't really work for me. I don't know if it was because this, in this case, you were very close up with the experience itself. So you could see everything at great detail instead of being in a crowd or, you know, uh, looking at it from a distance. But there was nothing to hide the fact that a human was walking 
uh, in this suit. So, so while you see the nice, awesome, detailed raptor head and body, underneath you see the leg and uh, people, the person's leg just like walking through and, and being attached to the dinosaur leg. So you've got four legs under this thing. It just looks weird. It looks awkward. And, uh, and then when the thing turns around, you see the person's butt just kind of like wander, waddling around. <laughs> it's so, it's awkward. It's kind of weird. But uh, it kind of took away from that, uh, that element of scare and, and thrill that you'd expect to get from that circumstance. And I think a lot of people felt the same way because as you're standing there, you hear a lot of giggling and laughter. And um, I think it's due to the exposure of this person's like lower half underneath the raptor. And it, it doesn't make it any creepier. It just makes it weird. Um, so I don't know if there's a way to fix this or to do anything differently. Maybe they could add some sort of um, some sort of brush or long, or tall grass, long grass, um, in front of the the uh, maybe behind the the bars or whatnot. So it kind of hides the fact that there's a person there. And I think um, other experiences have done really well with this because out in Universal they have a similar costume that the person's in that they control and they you know the raptor doesn't look as good as this this blue did but it hides the fact that there's a human in there because a lot of people will be like oh that's an animatronic dinosaur but it's really not it's a it's a human operated dinosaur and uh in this case it's the same thing but you just it's exposed way too much i think so if maybe they could work on that that would be a lot better um, but overall, I'm really glad that this Raptor experience was added to this exhibition. I think it gives it a fun, you know, new dynamic. And, uh, you know, it wasn't my favorite part, but I did have a lot of fun in there either way. So after that, there's uh, you exit that room and there's this kind of giant wall that has the familiar graphics that you've seen from a lot of the promotional stuff. It has a Raptor, a Triceratops, T-Rex all plastered on this wall and you can kind of judge your height compared to how, how tall they are which is cool it's fun and uh, there's this like thing that you press down as hard as you can to judge your pressure I guess of how a dinosaur would chomp down I don't know it was very confusing but uh, it is cool nice little interlude I guess in between exhibits there's also a, a tall dinosaur bone which you can kind of stand next to and take pictures with so that was cool um, but the next part is where the thrills really started to amp up a bit as you get your first look into the Tyrannosaurus Rex kingdom. Now this is a cool section because you go up these ramps and you got a giant TV there and it has some, some T-Rex facts and everything. And then another video starts to play and I think Allison comes back on and then she kind of starts to look panicked and worried and you hear some monitors going off in the back. and you know something's wrong and then all of a sudden the screen starts to glitch and and this like uh you know the kind of um the colored bars come up and then it's like the end of the broadcast video pops up and it you're kind of getting panicked you're like what's going on what's happening here the tyrannosaurus rex you'll be in a secure viewing area and get as close as possible to see her during feeding time as an out of return to the animation we have a situation I'm going to have to deal with. You'll be perfectly safe inside the paddock. But, uh, you know, as soon as that's done, you the doors open and you go into the T-Rex kingdom, which is another very, very dark room with a, a few lights in the, in the upper corner that's illuminating the fog, which is really, really cool. And uh, in the right corner, you get a another truck 
uh, a truck there that's, um, you know, something bad's going to happen with that. So after you're standing there for a few minutes, the, the lights go dark. A T-Rex wanders out from the side, starts to hear that. You, you hear that thundering foot pounding as it's, as it's coming through the room. And uh, you've all seen this experience probably online, but it, it's so awesome in person. You know, while that T-Rex doesn't exactly look like the one that we're used to, the nose is a little bit more of a, like a snub nose kind of T-Rex. It's a lot shorter. Um, I will say that at times, as it's, as it's growling and roaring and throwing its head around the room, you kind of get these glimpses of the, the, the Rex that we know and love, which is kind of cool. You know, you can kind of almost just look at like a certain portion of the dinosaur and say, yeah, that's the same one. <laughs> but without looking at the face, you know, the face is just obviously a little bit different. But that experience is really, really cool. And um, it's kind of quick. So I suggest staying in that room and watching the next round because that's exactly what I did. I watched it twice. And uh, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't uh, a mistake to stand around there because I moved around. I got a different view, which is really cool. I, I I don't know. I don't know which view is better. If you stand back and witness the whole thing, uh, you know that's cool. But I actually I got up against the the fence and I stood right there, and that's a really really awesome experience. I suggest doing that. But you know this experience is really cool. The T Rex wanders down to the end, roughs up the truck a little bit. And then you hear somebody in the back kind of like ignite a flare and say, come on, come on, move back, move back. And uh, the, the Rex kind of wanders backwards. I don't know if that's capable of doing that in real life. Is it? I don't know. It kind of backs up and goes away and hides again in the darkness. But it's a really awesome experience. One of the best, uh, probably the second best, I'd say. There's another awesome one at the end. So after exiting the T-Rex kingdom, you come across the Stegosaurus. And uh, this is in Gyrosphere Valley. It's a very small valley, but uh, you do get a glimpse at the Stegosaurus, which is another insanely detailed, full-bodied um, herbivore, which is really cool. The head moves, I think the tails move, and you get the sense of how big these creatures are or would have been in real life. This, the um, scales or the, the plates that are on top of the, the dinosaur are huge and massive, and it's really, really awesome to see this thing in person. I actually probably spent the least amount of time here um, because the next part really drew me in a lot quicker. And uh, as you go beyond the, the Stegosaurus, you see this giant log that's sitting there and you can kind of walk through this log, but luckily I didn't move too fast because that's where the Indominus Rex is hiding behind. So I, uh, at the time I walked over, it was hiding, so you didn't really see it behind that log. But I did get a glimpse around the corner. It's kind of, um, it's just hibernating, I guess you'd say. It's kind of hunched over and not really active at the moment. It's kind of waiting to put on its show. So out of nowhere, all of a sudden, I guess the music comes on and the the Indominus starts to slowly, very slowly, rise its head up. And, you know, the music's growing, the, the tension's growing, and the thing just starts to roar and go crazy and whip its head back and forth, go all over the place. And uh, that experience was really, really awesome. Uh, that is one of the best animatronics I've seen, especially in this um, experience. Absolutely the best one, I think. 
and uh, really it, it almost looks film worthy you know you see that the old footage of the the t-rex and the spinosaurus animatronics and all those bigger you know bigger scale ones and you think wow those things look amazing and then you look at this one and you're like wow this looks pretty much on par with all those it looks really really awesome i think the the fluidity in this thing was insane it really looked like it was whipping its head back and forth just as fast as you'd imagine it did in a movie um and one of the problems i had was as soon as it started it felt like the audio wasn't synced exactly but um you do get that awesome roar and everything so it was kind of it kind of took away from the awesome roar for a second when you realize ah, it's not exactly timed perfectly. But that's something that they can kind of tool around with and, and fix, um, you know, as the experience moves forward and, and kind of adjust things to get it right. So since I was one of the first showings of the day, it, uh, you know, it probably just wasn't synced correctly because previously I had actually spoken with somebody who said, um, that they really just got this thing up and running like the day before. So there wasn't a ton of opportunity to test and, and to get this thing prepared. So it was it was really interesting to see them kind of standing around and, and watching all these these different exhibits to make sure they're all working properly. So I'm sure they'll they'll fool around with that and get it right because this is the the I, the most iconic one in the entire exhibition, the key you know, uh, experience that you're looking forward to at the very end. And, uh, it's truly worth it. I, this is another one where I stood around and watched it for a few minutes and watched it again and, uh, got some different angles and, and different footage and pictures. Once you go actually into that tunnel, uh, the tree tunnel, you, there's a, actually a few little portals and stuff in the tunnel itself where you can kind of look up and get a glimpse at it. And, uh, it's, it's really, really awesome. The thing looks real. And uh, one of the coolest parts of that experience was, like, as you're standing there for a while watching this thing, like, go crazy, you start to hear, like, different effects from the movie. So you hear, I think you hear, like, some motorcycles pulling, and you hear some people talking. I think some of it was, like, Chris Pratt, maybe Barry, or something like that. And you start to hear the, the screams of the people being attacked by the raptors as they're, they're, they do exactly in the movie. And then you hear machine guns going off, and... and all kinds of you know explosions and everything and uh then the thing just kind of goes back to its dormant self and just lays next to the, the tunnel but um it's a really really awesome experience so i suggest you know sticking around to hear all these details and, and get that vibe that you're looking for and lastly after the indominus rex it brings you to the innovation center now it's not as big or as impressive as you'd expect from the movie um but it is a nice cool room it's it's smaller and uh, it's a circular room and it's got a, a few different effects around uh, different things that you can interact with uh, some fossils and there's a like a little station where you can brush away the fossils get the dirt away um, there's some like little area where you can do some imprints on paper to I don't know what what they were imprinting the room was fully crowded uh, there was a ton of people in there kids running all around um, on the walls there's information about the different dinosaur periods and stuff like that um, so it's an informational room it's basically what you'd expect from the movie but much smaller um, and there's no giant uh, dinosaur holograms roaming around it would have been cool but I don't think our tech is there yet um, but uh, this room I kind of just kind of uh, skimmed through as as quickly as I could because it was packed and there there wasn't anything I could do really everybody was all on the stations they were all taken up so I couldn't really do anything on my own um, so after exiting that room, you come across the gift shop, 
and this is the very end. There's there's no more exhibition. This is the final stop, and um, yeah, I was really let down because you know as I'm going through the exhibition, I'm like, oh man, I can't wait to see what they have in the gift shop. I want to buy some stuff. I'm gonna you know buy all kinds of things, um, but actually I didn't buy anything because the the prices were so absurd. Um, they were way too high. For instance, one of the the most you know crazy things I saw was the you know the the typical Hasbro toys that you see in the in the stores like Target, Walmart. Um, so you get the 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 Indominus Rex, you have the your T Rex, the Stomp and Strike or whatever, and uh, you know typically they're about thirty nine ninety nine. And a lot of places you know you see them on clearance now. You know they're they're discounted, um, so they're cheaper than that. But here in the exhibition gift shop, they have it marked up to $99. $99. Actually, $99.99, so $100, which is absurd. I, I absolutely could not believe the markup on these things. And that's that's not just with the, those things. It's with everything in the place. You know, a, a T-shirt, uh, if you want a Jurassic World T-shirt or an exhibition T-shirt, I think they were about $35, which is a little bit much for a thin T-shirt that will probably fade away, you know, after a few washes. I'm not spending $35 on that. If it was maybe 20 bucks or 25 maybe. But, you know, when you know these things are probably going to fade away and they're not the best quality, that's what happens and you don't buy them. Um, there's also a lot of trinkets and different things that are not Jurassic brand. They're just some, you know, random off-brand dinosaur skeletons that you can build, um, dinosaur tooths or, um, you know, claws and whatnot. Uh, so that stuff is cool, um, but again, expensive. So I didn't really feel the need to buy off-brand dinosaur stuff. Um, there was a lot of keychains and uh, magnets. There was a few posters. The posters were probably the best deal in the place. Um, it was a, there, a poster of a T-Rex from head-on roaring, and I didn't really like the design on that. That was, you know, I think it was $7.99. And there's the typical uh, Indominus Rex shot with the raptors like coming towards you. That was also, I think, $7.99. Um, but really, oh, actually, yeah, also there was the program, uh, which was cool. It was nice. It was $20. I didn't really feel the need to buy it because it was just rehashed pictures from Jurassic World. Um, not too much else. Um, so it was a cool touch. I, I, I maybe would get it next time, but um, I didn't get it this time. I wanted to see if maybe they'll adjust their prices. Uh, I want to, I'm sure they'll see, you know, how things are selling, how things are doing in their store and then adjust things accordingly because it was the first day so I'll give them that um, but I think prices were a little too high and uh, unfortunately I would have loved to have purchased things shirts hats anything but um, not that time because it was a little bit too expensive so that was a little bit disappointing but overall the entire experience was awesome I had a really great time standing in front of these insanely detailed and fluid and, and awesome animatronics uh, the detail, the level of detail to all these exhibits was great. The certain rooms that you go in that replicate stuff from the movie was awesome. Um, everything was great, and I highly suggest you go out to Philadelphia, head to the Franklin Institute, go see this stuff right now. And uh, yeah, it's it's certainly worth the, the money to go to the exhibition. And like I said, I've never been to that um, museum before so we we got a chance to do a lot of the other things throughout the museum and it is somewhat of a, a kitty type museum where you where the kids can 
uh, interact with different things and learn about the, you know all the different sciences, which is it's really cool. But there's a few experiences that you can do as an adult and have some fun. Um, I was with a group of five people. And we're all adults, and we all had a good time inside the uh, the different exhibitions, which is like, uh, you know, you can get a glimpse at your brain, the the heart. Uh, there was an airplane exhibit, space exhibit. Um, There's a planetarium in there, IMAX theater, um, uh, sports section. There's all kinds of stuff that you can enjoy throughout the the institute. So yeah, I highly suggest you take a few hours to just kind of roam around and have some fun and uh, get some uh, get some knowledge. So anyway, that about wraps up my review here on the podcast. Uh, you can read the review over on our website, JurassicParkPodcast.com, and you can also watch the video. I highly suggest you watch it. Um, it's a it's a little long, but it it, cover, it covers everything that I talked about here today, and probably a little bit more. So uh, definitely check that out. Share it around. Tell everybody you know, and make sure to head out to the exhibition. Make sure to visit JurassicParkPodcast.com to find all our past episodes, brand new news articles, information on how to contact us, and much more. It's a great source for everything related to the podcast, and of course, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World. Head to JurassicParkPodcast.com and help us build a great community. Anybody hear that? Thanks for listening to the 75th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. Thanks for taking a moment to listen to my thoughts on Jurassic World, the exhibition. And don't forget, you can read my thoughts on our website via the review. Also, don't forget to check out the video that I shot throughout the day. It's about 20 minutes long, but it gives you a glimpse into everything you'd want to see from the exhibition. Stay tuned in the following weeks as we'll be doing some ticket giveaways and more. And uh, as I mentioned in the intro of the show, we're going to be doing a big fan meetup in the new year. So Saturday, January 7th, 2017, we'll be gathering together as a big group to storm the exhibition. So far, I've heard from a lot of people who are interested in attending. So if you are in the Philadelphia area, make sure to make the trip out and meet up with us and a bunch of other players in the Jurassic community. I'll certainly have more details to follow up in the coming weeks, but I just wanted to give you the date so you can start planning. We hope to see you there. If you want to interact with us, we do most of our work over on Twitter, at Jurassic Park Pod. We're also on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Jurassic Park Podcast. And our Instagram handle is at Jurassic Park Podcast. You can listen to us via iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Podomatic, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So make sure to subscribe to automatically get new episodes every week. If you haven't already, please give us a five-star review on iTunes or a great review wherever you listen to the podcast. It will seriously help out our rankings and make it easier for fans like you to find us. Don't forget to check out JurassicParkPodcast.com for all the links you heard here today. If you want to get a hold of us, you can email us with any news stories, MP3s, comments, or if you want to debut a segment of your own, send them to JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. If you don't have any way to record, you can give our voicemail line a call and leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening and enjoy. Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.